Hi, I'm Frankie Frayne, and I've been making movies since I was a kid. I've made three low-budget feature films of varying success, and I went to film school. Twice. For better or worse, I've developed a science for completing feature-length projects on pocket change, and it has a lot to do with the kinds of conversations you'll hear on this podcast with teachers, friends, and artists. You don't have to pay 40 grand a year for bad advice. This is Discount Film School. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, um, we've been talking about uh, all kinds of bullshit on this show. Um, and, and one thing that's kind of gotten brought up again and again for people who are trying to, uh, to make something happen with a fucking camera and a few microphones is uh, they can't get anybody to commit, can't get anybody to, uh, to actually go for the ride with them. Um, and so when you make movies for free and there's really no good reason to do it besides maybe it will be fun, uh, you're, <laughs> lu- you're lucky if you actually find anybody who wants to do that with you, let alone twice and possibly even three times. Uh, sitting down with John Ryan, star of Abo the Hugh Monkey and Sexually Frank, <laughs> and, uh, and one of my favorite actors, not just in my own shit, but really, honestly, uh, uh, ever. I, I uh, Oh, thank you so much. Met this dude in college, and uh, uh, it, it, a nice little friendship has blossomed out of this, and we're, I think we're going to keep going for it. So welcome. Oh, it's, it's a definite bromance, man. Like, you and me, together forever and never to part. Where I come from, that's called homosexuality. <laughs> I mean, frankly, like we come from towns that are like 10 miles away from each other. <laughs> I'm totally gay for you. <laughs> that just proves that we're gay. Um, <laughs> so you're you're broadcasting out of uh, uh, San Francisco at the moment? Yes. Yes, I am. Um, I took a gig here about six months ago. I uh, lived in L.A. before that and got to make some movies with you in Massachusetts for that. Yeah. Um, so why don't we go back? Because uh, we've only talked to one other uh, actor. Um and 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 that was Maya who uh, played Sarah and sexually Frank and and Sarah. Oh yeah, <laughs> Maya is definitely an actor's actor. I mean, she she's like all about the craft and BFA and union and all kinds of stuff. I yeah, never- no, she was she was really uh, she was really into the business end of it when we were talking on set. It was uh, it was good. It was good. It's it's always good to see things like that. I mean, I'm very much not a businessly minded finger quotes actor um if you will yeah exactly i never i never thought of you like that and i i don't think you are like that i like you struck me and this is very uncommon with with uh people that actually go into acting or try it you know as a field of study uh you're you just seem to be more of a fan of film yeah yeah In, in retrospect honestly i should have been a uh I should have been a film major at college. Like I should have learned how to coil cables and use cameras and set up lighting rigs and all that stuff. But uh, I was stupid and decided to try my luck at the theater. <laughs> so, so you you actually majored in in what? Uh, uh, not musical theater, but uh, just like oh god, stage, no. But state but stage acting. Yeah, I I majored in uh, acting and then minored in directing and like a secondary minor in uh, fight choreography. So I actually I did start as musical theater, uh, which immediately afterwards, I think I lasted about a month in that program before realizing that it was just a horrible mistake. That's not an easy uh, program to get into. No, but I mean, when you're as good looking as I am, come <laughs> but on. Did you did you apply for it halfway through? Or did you did you apply uh, the incoming year and then got in and then dropped? No, out I apply, I applied my senior year of college, uh, went and uh, you know did the whole audition thing where you go and you perform like two or three monologues and then you sing like two different songs for a couple of people and then you do a really 
basic yet incredibly difficult for someone like me uh, dance routine to be like, can you? It was basically like the entire plot of the movie Fame condensed into about an hour and a half. Really? And how, yeah. how many other people are around during this? Um, lots, actually. In the like original auditions where it's like monologues and you're doing your stuff, it's just you and the auditioner. But then the dance part of it, God, I can't believe I'm fucking reliving this in my head right now. Um, <laughs> I can swear on this, right? Oh, of course you can. Oh, thank fucking God. Yeah, so anyways, uh, I, I used to dance quite beautifully. <laughs> and uh, I was that was like the weirdest thing for me because it was like everything else I knew I pretty much had in the bag. But when I had to get up and, you know, dance with fucking 12, 15 other people who I have no idea who they are in front of someone who I don't really know and who I'd come to learn I just did not respect at all. It's just it was one of those really weird things, you know? I'm confused. Like, do they do you show up and they hand you like a few steps and they're like, let's see this happen, fucking doughboy. <laughs> or are they like, how's it work? Well, ironically enough, that is my nickname from grade and high school. Uh, <laughs> don't know if you're aware of that. Not just doughboy, but fucking doughboy. Uh, no, it was doughboy or lunchbox. Uh, I got a lot of, of uh, Jay and Silent Bob jokes tossed at me because I, I looked like a slightly less fat Kevin Smith uh, in high school. <laughs> you and me both. I've gotten that my whole life. Um, <laughs> we should just make our own movie called Silent Bob and Silent Bob. Yeah, Silent Bobs. Were you like a film fan throughout like your childhood and high school or like? Oh, God, yes. I mean, like when I the first like movie that I like remember going to see in the theaters, like I, you know, my parents had taken me to movies when I was like a really little kid and whatever. But the first one that I really remember was going to see Jurassic Park. And I mean, come on, it's Jurassic Park. Like it's dinosaurs and they're eating people and it, they look awesome. And like I still watch that movie to this day. And I marvel at how good everything still looks. Oh, yeah. It's, it, you know, that, that's the kind of film that, like, um, I want to say there's 15 to 19 CGI shots in the whole thing. Yeah. Um, and and each one of them is perfect. Everything else is supplemented by an animatronic effect, and everything yeah. just looks amazing. And that was the thing. Like, when I, when I first really got into it, I wanted to try and do, like, the special effects stuff, uh, which I think is kind of why I got into doing the fight coordination in the theater aspect of it, because it's basically, you know, it kind of translates over with, uh, like, you know, it's sort of like a stunt spectacular on stage versus, you know, robot dinosaurs and monsters on, on movie screens. And you liked, you liked your, like, spectacle in your entertainment, right? Oh, fuck yes. Yeah. Absolutely. One of, the, one of the favorite stage shows I've ever seen was the uh, the Indiana Jones Stunt Spectacular at, at Walt Disney World. It's really fucking funny that you say that because I was um, uh, like, like despite the fact that I'm kind of indie or whatever, like that was totally the the thing that kicked me off when I was like six. I saw that shit and I was just in, I think if you remember correctly, they do a little breakdown at the end of well, like they'll do the show for you. They do the ball and they do like the thing like a scene from yeah Raiders. there's like the market fight and then there's the thing yeah. with the plane and everything explodes and yeah but then they then they they reset the stage while you're still in the show they show you yeah. how everything happened and if you're six years old you're like that that shit wasn't real and like, uh wh what and it's a good feeling it's not a it's not a bad feel it, it's not like no no it's it's great it's really cool to like you know kind of then have that understanding of like oh wow this is something that you know, it's it's like one of those puzzles that I hate doing because I'm stupid, but it all fits together so well and you can just break it apart. It's just, it was amazing. It was it was phenomenal when I first saw that. That was before uh, DVD. That was before DVDs and shit, too. Like when you could you could get some insight into the making of a film. So whenever yeah, like, there was any little kind of like 10 minute vignette on like the making of Jurassic Park, it was like oh, I'm sitting down for this. Yeah, it was like, you know five minutes after the credits ended and there was just that blue screen on the VHS, then it like kicked over to something else. And it was like, 
you know, Indiana Jones, the story behind it. And it was like five extra minutes of tape where they're just like, yeah, it was a fun movie to make. Black. <laughs> and you wear out just that part of the tape. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. You just you keep it wound to the end of the tape instead of the beginning. So you can just go back and watch that like six more times. So do you through like high school, do you make any of your own movies or any of your friends make films or like did, um, what, what kind of acting experience do you have around that time? Um, in high school and stuff, I did, I mean, I was doing a lot of theater stuff. I did a lot of Shakespeare and, um, you know, all the, like the school plays and all that bullshit. Um, and then we actually, me and a few friends of mine, there was this thing called movie club, which I guess, you know, AV club or whatever Yeah. yeah. Uh, at my high school. And we joined it. We, we half-heartedly kind of made a few things. Um, one of my favorites, we did the, uh, the adventures of Pope man. Uh, basically what if the Pope was a superhero so we like went to one of the local golf courses and like basically just stole a golf cart and like got a bunch of like B-roll shots of him like running it around. We had like this whole huge plan for like a seven episode. I guess what you'd be like a web series today. Were you in it? Yeah, yeah. I was um I was the villain on one and then I uh I shot and directed a couple of other ones. And then we just kind of lost interest because we were stupid high school kids and we just got drunk and said fuck it <laughs> yes um and you, so you were already being cast as a villain at that early age because you would later like you're an obvious choice for a villain for some reason despite being the <laughs> nicest guy i know <laughs> I, I don't know if it's like did you have a goatee at age three or something and that was like <laughs> well i did i won't lie and say that i didn't have a beard when i was you know eight but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um no i i don't know what it was it was just one of those things like i had always i always kind of ended up like either being put into that role or, you know, sort of casting myself. Cause like the way it always worked out was like, you know, when you're playing on the playground, it's like, you know, like, Oh, the good guys versus bad guys and James Bond. And I guess the kids today, Jason Bourne or yeah, right. Taylor Lautner in that not werewolf movie that he was in. I don't know. Kim Kardashian. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's, that's like, that's like the chicks on the other side of the playground that you just don't go near. Uh, and like one dude goes over and then they eat him and then you just don't look back. The Kardashian vampires. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They, um, they eat your ass. <laughs> <laughs> but it was always like all my, all my friends in high school who, and like even in grade school who like I palled around with and who we did this, this like, you know, stupid, you know, get a Sony eight handy cam for a couple of days and you go screw around. Like they were all like halfway between like full on nerds and like full on jocks. So they were all like these like incredibly like fit and good looking leading men with like chiseled jaws and like hearty brows. And I don't know how else to say it. So it's like it was like, all right, so I'm not going to be, you know, Schwarzenegger in um in True Lies or, you know, Terminator 2 or whatever, but I could pull off an okay, you know, Robert Patrick or uh, Tom Arnold, though you, you I hope like, never to say that again in my career. <laughs> you were like an obvious contrast to these Martha's Vineyard types. Exactly, yeah. I mean, you know, they, the the Vineyard kid, you know, stereotype, it's it's not true in their personalities, but physically it totally is. Because, like, they're all the kids that, like, you know, were, you know, fishermen's sons or, like, contractors' kids. So, like, they'd all, like, go and, like, do hard manual labor. And, like, I had a summer job at... You know, I taught at a summer camp and like I worked at a coffee shop and made sandwiches. Yeah. All I know is uh, we used to run uh, my you know, Westport High School would run cross country against Martha's Vineyard and many other place uh, schools in the tri-county area. And yeah. uh, uh, we called them the Purple Army because they I don't know how the fuck you got that many kids like in shape, tall, Aryan, like Nazi youth looking kids. <laughs> 
to run. <laughs> yeah, to, it really is kind of terrifying, you know, <laughs> to run cross country. So look out over this sea of like you know three or four schools, and like then there's just this giant mass of purple. Meanwhile, I'm like 190 pounds. I'm like five five. I'm the captain of the team. <laughs> the rest of the kids are special needs on our team. We they 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 uh, decorate us in brown for some reason, so we're just shitty looking. And I I remember they actually the can't. Is I can't tell if you're if you're bullshitting me or not. <laughs> no, I, this is mostly true. Uh, and I remember like the, yeah, the Martha's Vineyard bus pulls up. The, oh, per, God, the purple arm with like yeah, the, the the purple army comes spilling out of it, tossing footballs at one another. I just feel like I'm gonna get like operated on by fucking like Himmler. <laughs> yeah, it's you're gonna be on the receiving end of every tackle from the water boy. <laughs> yeah, but I remember we had one um, born again Christian kid who was our best runner and he, uh, he lost a shoe in the first mile and he beat all the Martha's Vineyard people. And it was the most like victorious day in his Christian life. <laughs> like Jesus was, was with, with that one foot. Good. Good for that kid. <laughs> I really wish I could have been there to see it, to cheer for him because <laughs> fuck our sports teams. Um, now that's not true. If you're, if you're listening to this though, you probably won't be go Vineyarders. And that's the worst part. They had to change their name to the Vineyarders. That's like calling like, that's a really lazy name. It really is. I don't know why we ever changed away from the Vikings, because like, especially given that description, like it was way more appropriate. But we just got lazy. It was either that or like the bunch of grapes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just go go explicitly lazy with the name. Um, uh-huh. So uh, uh, so you say that like you, like it's kind of a fun thing at this stage. I remember feeling the same way, being like, oh, yeah, I got some friends who are kind of into it. And, you know, like you dick around on a weekend and maybe the next weekend. And then I always had the issue of I I maintained my interest while everybody lost theirs. Um, yeah. Did that happen with you or not really? Yeah, no, it, it totally did. Um, I'll, I'll admit that my interest in the, you know, getting behind a camera and like actually getting out and shooting stuff kind of waned. Um, but that was because I ended up doing a lot more stuff with like local theater troops and a couple of community, you know, uh, groups. And so I just I found myself having less and less and less and less and less time to uh, to, you know, get out there and, you know, pull a camera around to our paintball games or whatever, because like that was a fun thing we do, too. Like we just take a camera with us. We we're going to run around town and just be dicks. Um, but it was one of those things that, you know, I kind of lost interest, even though I was still technically president of the AV club, which was just a bad idea to begin with. I should never hold any kind of elected office. (laughs) Um, But yeah, and then, you know, slowly one by one, everyone else kind of trickled out of it and they all got involved in other things like a bunch of the, it was basically like me, a couple of kids in my year, one or two from below us. And then all the other kids in it were other classmen. So by the time I was a senior, they'd all graduated and they were the ones that really ever got anything done. Yeah. So it was just one of those things that kind of fell to the side as, uh, you know, the search for colleges comes up and it's like, you know, when you're, when you're in high school, like you think like, this is the most important time of my life. It's going to like mandate what I do forever. So you just kind of right. throw yourself full on into that. And you, you don't really have the wherewithal to say, Oh, this is just fucking high school. Yeah. And none of it matters. And the way things are structured, you don't really have an opportunity to. No, not at all. So it kind of, it, it pairs your young stupidity with, high stakes decisions that need to be made in a very short amount of time with lots of money on the line. Yeah. Um, it's just a recipe for a great economy. Um, absolutely. But it sounds like you, so, so while the filmmaking was, uh, going to the wayside, uh, the performing was like on the, on the forefront though. Like yeah, you, you no, were absolutely. in these Shakespeare groups and whatnot. 
Um, well, I was. I ended up most of my stuff that I was doing was with a, uh, a small community theater group called uh, the Island Theater Workshop, which you know my folks had had a little bit of involvement in. Um, and my dad really had a lot of stuff going with them. He was on, he was uh, doing like set construction, and he was in a bunch of their shows. So it ended up being one of those things that I just kind of was like, oh, I'll give this a shot, and did a bunch of like musicals and like Gilbert and Sullivan stuff with them. Um, and then there was the other company on the island that did, you know, Shakespeare and, you know, straight drama and like maybe once a year would do something with Muzak or not. Yeah. And um, so I ended up doing a few things with them and really good kind of a taste for, I don't want to call it like real acting, but it, it was much more, it was treated a lot more, a lot differently than when it was just, you know, a bunch of folks in like the town hall staging area. Yeah. Just being like, we're going to sing and dance and we're going to have fun and baby, it was more like, no, like we're going to do a show and be professional about it and make this work. And you're all actors. We're going to treat you as such. This is a stage manager. And, you know, here is how a theater properly works. And I thought it was such a fascinating blend of, of just of people in general. Like, cause you've got, you know, actors who, a lot of times in my experience can just be crazy motherfuckers. And I'm speaking to myself at that in some respect as well. Um, but then you've got, you know, the, the director who's got to really be, you know, a macro and a micromanager. You've got the stage management team, the design team. And it's, it's just a really amazing little ecosystem I found. Yeah. Um, and that, it's, it's, it sounds like too, like this is the, as you move away from community theater and in, into these kind of specific groups, that's what you start to learn. Uh, what actually goes into the homework of an actor? Because you probably weren't doing that before. Like now suddenly you're starting to learn, okay, when I'm given a script, this is the work I have to do immediately if I'm going to bring this character to life. Right. And it's like, it was one of those things that didn't really click with me until probably my sophomore year of college, right around the time that we were shooting Abo. Um, and it was one of those situations where you know, I, I I learned from like the other groups of, you know, the stuff that you had to do. I hadn't really like gotten myself in the mentality of doing it until I was already, you know, at this college for this really specific niche thing that would eventually not really. I was still trying to like figure out a way to make it like a career. So I was like, I'm going to be really good at this and I'm going to do all the work. And, meh, 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 meh. and, you know, while that has since kind of subsided in the last six years, Jesus Christ, in the last half decade, um, you know, the, the lessons that we were that were learned there were still very much present where it's like if you say you're going to do something like, you know, say it's a shoot for you or on one of your features or if it's like even just a you know sketch comedy thing yeah. uh, that I take like six hours on a Saturday to go do. It's like, OK, here is, you know, X pages of dialogue. You've got to learn those, you know, figure out all these character motivations and like come up with ideas. And it's like it's basically not just like showing up with the paper in hand being like okay, what do you want me to do? And like, I gotta, you know, I'll just do that. And it's like, you know, you've got to, you got to put the, the, the thing into it, whatever the, you have that, you know, they clearly cast you in whatever role this is for a reason. So I think a lot of people don't consider how much, um, for lack of a better term, writing goes into the work that an actor has to do. And it, it it's dawned on me so much more recently that I'm like, man, it really makes sense to, get the actor in on the ground level while it's getting written. Um, because that's, that, that's kind of an almost opportunity for them to not, you know, while they might not actually put pen to paper and write dialogue or write scenes, they can totally, I, th I think a lot of actors assume that 
we as writers and directors know exactly what we're looking for <coughs> and we're just waiting until it shows up. But realistically, a lot of times we have kind of these inkling of ideas and we'll know if somebody's going to work for it when we see it or we're re-inspired because we've been working with the material for two years and then somebody walks in, does something a little fucked up or a little interesting and you're like, oh, it could totally be that. So, uh, I, you know, I, I get excited by that kind of thing and that's why this new movie that I've kind of uh, uh, pitched to you that I'd like you to, to star in, um, you know, I, I especially since you are kind of um, – uh, you have a background in in writing and in directing. I think that you should be on that ground level. And some people, I think, are kind of burdened by that kind of work. And some people are like, that's why I got into it in the first place, because it's fun, you know? Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing about it. Like, it's definitely, I, I still do it because I find it just immensely fun. And, you know, I mean, that was kind of the whole reason I went to school for it and tried to do it as a career in the first place was it's like, okay, I'm either going to go to business school and, you know, go through four or five years of college doing something that I'm miserable with and get a job that I hate, but I'll make okay money. Or I could make enough to live on and have the best fucking time ever. Yeah. Um, whether or not that means getting, you know, paid a lot of money to do a gig or it means, you know, working a couple of shit jobs and shooting a movie with you in Westport for the weekend. Right. And you're, I mean, you're, you're literally like saying the dialogue of this character. I want you to play out loud. It's really fucked up. Um, (laughs) but it's great. Uh, it's kind of about like, uh, 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 trading, trading comforts, if you will, uh, doing a, a balance of, of what do I need and, and, um, how do I kind of maximize what I need in all areas and what am I willing to sacrifice to do that? Yeah. And I mean, speaking to the point where you said you were talking about getting people in like on the ground level, like even just in the early stages of pre-production and during the writing, like, you know, I can see for a lot of directors and especially a lot of actors who, and I, I don't want to call the actors who don't do that who aren't interested in that. I don't want to call them lazy because I know a lot of actors who are, you know, phenomenal at what they do and can take any page of, of dialogue, no matter how terrible it may be and make it something, you know, really unique and emotional and and good. But at the same time, you know, it's, it's a chance not only for, you know, you as a writer or director to get input and maybe see something in a different way when you've got, if you've got, you know, in this case, somebody in mind who, you know, you want to, you know, you know, you know who you want to cast and like to have their input helps you, but it also helps the actors really just like have a amazing foundation for the character that they're going to create from the get go. Yeah. I mean, cause there's, there's been a ton of stuff that I've worked on where I'm just kind of handed pages on the first day of rehearsal and we shoot in three days. And it's just like, I have no idea who this person is. It's not the guy that you pitched to me six months ago. Yeah. What the fuck am I doing here? You know, right, and and that's gonna hurt your level of investment right right from the get go. Where you're gonna, um, you're you're potentially gonna be in a situation where you're like, I said I would do this, and now I gotta do it, and exactly. that, that takes all the air out of everything that everybody's trying to accomplish, which sucks. Right. Um, and when we don't pay anything, I, I mean, for me, that's kind of um, that's kind of critical, and 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 that's why you know, in this next movie where I'm not even writing it, um. I, for once I'd like to do something where it's not me making a movie and everybody helping this time. I'd like it to be like, you know what? We've all made movies together before. Let's actually all make a movie, you know? Um, because everybody's got better ideas than I do guaranteed. So (laughs) if I can (laughs) just, if I can just help get it done, you know, then, then I'll be doing my piece. Um, 
So let's talk about, uh, so you get into Emerson, you get into the musical theater program, you decide it's not for you and you drop down to, was it, was it, um, stage studies? Didn't you get like a studies major? Yeah, it was, um, when I first started, I had a, I was up for a BFA, uh, Bachelor of Fine Arts in musical theater. Um, and that quickly just turned to shit immediately. I realized that everybody else in, who was like in my class, if you will, was fucking insane, but not in like the good, like wacky kind of way that you and I are, you know, a little bit crazy, but yeah. just like legitimately, like I look into the eyes of these people and I see an empty, vast and vacuous void that I just have to run from. Was there like, so you say that and it sounds kind of funny, but like, was there actually like, like, like some level of insanity in some of these people? Like, like, Oh, good God. Yes. Really? Oh my God. Yeah. There was, um, there was a girl who at first I had a real, real crush on, uh, in my program. And then, you know, after getting to know her a little bit better, I just, I just, there was a moment where she's, what the fuck did she say to me? It was something along the lines of like legitimately like threatening to murder an ex-boyfriend because even though she had like split up with him, he wouldn't return her calls or something like that. Just like imagine all of like the craziest chicks and like, the most self-centered and egotistical douchebag guys that you've ever met throughout college yeah. or through high school and then have their entire focus of their lives be getting up on stage to show how great they are in front of other people. Yeah, right. And as soon as I kind of hit that realization, I was like, you know what? No, no, this is not for me. Thank you very much. <laughs> it's hard. Um, <laughs> yeah, I will buy out now and I will see you all hopefully never again. I mean, I was in a I was in a uh, a giant swimming pool full of would be filmmakers. And yeah, w- while some I mean, like, you know, no film student likes other film students like every well, they, of course not because they're all better than that. Or like you always yeah. have that fear. And it's the same way being in an acting program where it's like, you know, you look at somebody across the aisle and it's like. Are they going to be more famous than me? Yeah, right. As if as if there's like only enough slots for three famous people, and we all, we're exactly. all fighting for them. Um, but I mean, at the same time, like that's really the mentality that you get in a program like the BFA with musical theater, or even in the dramatic acting program that they have there. It's like, you know, to be a theater actor, that's a really small ecosystem as it is. Like, because you know, without guys like you who say, you know what, yeah, it's I I just want to like have fun and make my own movies and then get people involved. With the theater thing, it's like, okay, I have to go to, you know, New York as soon as I graduate. I have to do this. I have to do this. I have to blow X dudes to get a part in this. And then maybe that'll, you know, bogart me into something else. And, like, if you're lucky, you might end up as, like, a backup dancer on Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, right. I mean, it, 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 uh, you think that the film uh, career is saturated? Acting is, like, just overflowing, just bubbling it's, over. It's disgusting. I mean, like... <laughs> When I when I first moved uh, to L.A. about almost two and a half, three years ago now, it seemed like every fucking person that I met, like, it was like, oh, hey, man, how's it going? I'm John. Blah, 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 blah. What do you do for a living? And I was like, oh, you know, uh, I'm an actor, but I, I, I bartend right now and I'm waiting and I'm doing it's like, you know, hundreds of people that I've come into contact with over the course of like two years. And it was just like, oh, OK, so don't tell me you're an actor. I already know that. <laughs> what do you do for money? Do you start to. um do you start to be less forthcoming about the fact that you're an actor? Or are you, do you start to get like a little self-conscious? Like, I don't want to be the 1000th person today uh, confessing that they're an actor bartending. Well, I mean, my thing was like, I mean, I think 
you know, with you, it was a little bit different because you knew me in the days when I was like vigorously like studying theater and, you know, in a program specifically for acting and like doing all these, you know, casting calls and everything else. But like once I stopped that, like once I graduated, I lived in Boston for a year and then moved out to L.A. And I didn't bother telling people I was an actor at all. It's it's not because it's not what I was. You right. know, if I if I made a steady living acting, sure, I'd be an actor. But so, I wasn't. So that's an interesting. That's an interesting designation because because I, I don't I don't make money um, making films. But 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 I think of myself as a filmmaker before I'm you know I'm thinking of myself as an IT guy. So um, I guess it's about how active or how important it is to you in that moment. Um, yeah, and I think that really is because like you know I w- I would not consider you like if I if I open up your contact list it's not Frankie Frayne IT guy it's right. Frankie Frayne you know filmmaker and director and just adorable fuzzy man. Well, yeah. Uh- <laughs> um, but for me, you know, it was one of those things that like I did it a bit in college and yeah, sure I I quote unquote went to L.A. to try and make it, but I very quickly realized that you know while it's something I, it's fun and I love doing it and I think I'm okay at it, it's not the first thing I should tell people because there's a very, there's a very different, a very big difference. I think between, you know, when you let's say in your position, like, Oh, I, I, a filmmaker, I, I make movies, I write, I direct, I do this. Whereas with an actor, it's like, Oh, I'm an actor. I get paid for people to look at me and yeah. read things that I didn't write. I like saying that I'm an actor. If I'm not really, you know, being paid and like making a living wage as an actor, I feel as much is, is, just a lie <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. it's like it's not like you know because you actively are like always prepping something you're writing or directing or planning or shooting or editing like you always get something going on whereas with an actor on their downtime there's nothing there's bartending or there's you know playing xbox and jacking off in an apartment made for one person which is which is why if i i feel like if i was an actor it would it would lead so seamlessly into filmmaking because I would want to be making – I was talking to Maya about this too and she she's starting to agree. But I think it's kind of a hurdle for her. But I, it would make me want to just make my own projects. Like, look, I want to be getting better at what I do and I'm not going to wait for a project. I'll make my own fucking project. I have ideas. Totally. And, you know, I mean I, I, we, I definitely did that during my, late, my last year or so in L.A. Like we had a couple of things that a few of us had like collaborated on and we formed a sketch troupe. And in Boston we made a theater company. Ooh, excuse me. It's that whiskey. Um but I don't know. Some, I just I just never really felt comfortable. I shouldn't say comfortable. I always just felt like an actor, quote unquote, is kind of a vacuous position to have. Like it's not something that you should be congratulated for. You know, like even even the famous guys, like, you know, look at Robert Downey Jr. or whatever. It's like they're just fucking guys who get paid shitloads of money to, you know, jump over fire and, you know, look pretty in an Oscar chair seat. Yeah. I mean, what, what we all do is what you do after the chores are done. Um, right. Even those of us who work our balls off on this shit, um, uh, are the same thing as a mall Santa Claus. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's all bullshit. Yeah. I mean, Um, and that's the thing. Like, you know, if, if I, if somebody says to me, like, here's a scene that I want you to be in, you know, I mean, I'll, I'll go full force on that. I'll look at the script every night and like make super minute choices with every single syllable. And like really throw myself into it. Um, but it's not, I don't know. I just, I, I always felt like because everyone wants to be an actor, I didn't want to be part of that, you know, herd mentality, you know? Right. So, so you and I meet, 
on um, on a stage production we both fall into together. And yep. not not being a self-professed actor, um, uh, while I'm willing to to throw myself in and and bullshit my way through a scene. Uh, when I found out there was a stage production of Cannibal the Musical at Emerson, I couldn't resist. And one of my yeah. one of my sweet mates uh, was the guy directing it. So I was like, oh, this is great. Like, at the very least, I'll play the fat one. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that's exactly what happened. And uh, so so I go there and I, I meet um, a variety of nice people, some shitty, some cool. Um, and uh, and I definitely meet you and you're playing the, the priest from Cannibal the Musical. And yep. uh, Shannon Wilson Bell. Shannon Wilson Bell <laughs> and uh, and Ben Fisher, who um, who would be in the next couple of movies that I make as well, uh, playing uh, Humphreys. He really did have a nice hat. He did. Yeah. Um, I, I have to tell you, just side note, um, UMass Dartmouth did a production of this a couple of weeks ago, a couple of months ago. Yeah. And I, I had to go because it was down of the course. street and somebody contacted me and was like, hey, I remember you used to really like this. And please come. And so I went and good God, was it a piece of shit? <laughs> it, it was like it, it was way, way worse than it had any business being like it, it, it should only be a certain level of bad. And it was way yeah, like worse. Than there's that. can't be bad, which I think is what we achieved. Yeah. And then there's just fucking you shit onto a stage and let people sit and stare at it for a while. <laughs> well, if you remember, we performed in uh, because Emerson at the time, since then, they've uh, they've built uh, uh, tens of like millions of dollars. 17 of new theaters. Yeah. Yeah. But at the time, the only performance space was in like these kind of fancy classrooms. Yeah, it was great. But I loved that class. We made the whiteboard, brought them in, and like we drew all the scenery and shit yeah, on the back. It was it was really cute. And and we um I remember uh a lot of people showed up for both nights and yeah. they laughed their balls off through the whole thing. And I remember uh it was actually a lot to uh to the director's credit, Tom Dunn. Uh he was something can happen with a with a text like that where because the timing is important for the comedy and because so many people have to get that timing right in a live space yeah. because like timing is is important for any piece of comedy timing is everything especially with a comedy like that yeah but it, at least when i make a movie i can edit as well to manipulate that timing to do what i need it to do and right. in a stage production especially an intimate little performance space like that it's got to hit for real, like you actually have to have done it properly. Yeah, you can't exactly. you can't fake it later. So, uh, so what ends up happening is when certain people fuck it up, uh, uh, people who like the other actors who know that it got fucked up, they fill in these little kind of bits of improv to kind of smooth it out. Yeah, and um, and it just fucks up everything. And, yeah. and I remember Tom was like, Hey guys, like the movie is funny. Remember, like do that, do the movie because it's funny. Like this, yeah. this is a good script. And uh, I was like, that, That's really uh. That was really smart to hold us to that. So it, it went really well. But I remember um, I was gearing up for Abo. I had made um, – I had made uh, I Need to Lose 10 Pounds, my first kind of like uh, – uh, I don't know, like bar mitzvah of filmmaking. Um, <laughs> You're a man now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And with Richard Simmons Wonka. Yeah, You're right. <laughs> Just something, something. It needed to get finished was the important piece. Yeah. And, um, and, and, and you know, you had to go through like – you know, it was a Dante's Inferno thing. You got to get through some layers of hell to uh, to ever of make course. another film again. And uh, I actually remember, you know, I, I I had the character of Hoffman cast. Uh, it was this this guy named Jeb, um, but it was looking Fuck more. Jeb. Yeah, you remember Jeb? Uh, Do I? He <laughs> he was in uh, ECW. He was in your comedy troupe. Uh, not the year that you were in it, but the year before you were in it. And he was. I a, never met anyone who was uh, in years previous to me. Oh, actually. Okay. 
Okay. I auditioned my freshman year, got told to fuck off, and then I was just like, fuck this guy. Well, I remember Jake and Will, uh, not Willie, but Jake and Kurt, freshman year, they like showed up to my dorm room and they were like uh, giving each other high fives. I mean, they were like 18. They were really pumped that they got into that yeah. fucking comedy troupe. And uh, <laughs> I remember I remember when you got into it, I was like, oh, that makes perfect sense. So suddenly my, my separate worlds were all colliding of like the friends that I had and whatnot. Yeah. And, and Jeb was going to be in L.A., so it was like, what am I going to do, fly him out? And, like, how is this going to work? And, and so then I was like, well, surely in this, like, in the theater district of Boston, there's another actor somewhere. Um, yeah. And I started to get to – I really liked your stage presence. Um, it needed to be somebody who could play 30s. You were, like, like a mere 20 years old, like 2-0. Um, no, I was I when we did Abo, I was nineteen. Nineteen years, yeah, that's fucked up. <laughs> that's, yeah. being twenty. Actually, no, I turned I turned twenty in the middle of shooting. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Being twenty seven now, that's really fucked up to think about. Yeah, I know it's terrible, right? I'm about <laughs> to turn twenty six in like a week and a half, and it's just like, oh my god, that was so long ago. Yeah, um, you got this like nineteen year old playing like this like. <laughs> this like aged man with like his wife <laughs> with, like a broken life his <laughs> wife has left him his kid's never known any kind of actual sadness ever he's a fucking white kid from Martha's Vineyard <laughs> he knows no sadness all happiness <laughs> for John I knew plenty of sadness <laughs> but um uh, I remember being like you know this John Ryan guy might actually be interested and it was before uh we talked about Ben as well um because the real Willie was going to play Willie at the time, but that anyway, that all changed. <laughs> I but, still would have kind of liked to see that. <laughs> it would have been kind of fucked up. Um, I think you should do a reshoot and just like redo all of his scenes with with Willie. We have a blog where he um, he auditioned for it just for just to make fun of him. Really, it it wasn't yeah. to find out anything about the character. It was just to make fun of him. Of course not. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but uh, 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 I asked you. I, I even remember where I was. I was walking. Uh, from Beacon to back to Boylston. And I, yeah. so I, I kind of, I proposed it and I was like, a, it's, you know, it's one of those kind of embarrassing things because you learn to be insecure about being like, why don't we have my movie? I, I've since given the fuck up on that. I mean, like it just, <laughs> just goes to me, hey, want to be in my movie. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I always am sure to crank the pitch on my voice yeah. and then do that. But, um, but you were like, uh, Yeah. And you know, you kind of just said yes. Now, do you remember that moment and why would you have said yes to something? Because we didn't really know each other that well yet. Um, well, I'll be honest and say, A, I was probably a little bit stoned. Yeah, right. Um, well, my my like late freshman through pretty much junior year was just a haze of weed smoke. Um, but aside from that, I do remember you asking me and it was right. Out, it was um, I'm pretty sure it was right around the uh, the alleyway, like right across from that section in the commons. Right. Yes. Yes. And um, it was one of those things like I was really kind of in this strange place where I was, you know, in the middle of, you know, going to school for acting and I hadn't really done any acting. Um, I had auditioned for a bunch of like, you know, again, just the college version of school plays. And I just I was like, you know, fuck it, I'll do anything. So I started going on auditions all over the city. And then you just kind of come up and it's like, hey, I'm shooting this movie. Do you want to be in it? And fuck yes, of course, because like I remember working with you in Cannibal and like we weren't you know, super incredibly close as friends, not like we are now. Um, <laughs> but like, you know, you, you, when we were doing the show together, you had a really professional mindset. It seemed like when we were in rehearsal, like you were always, you were, you were funny. You were, you know, you knew your shit and you were uh, all about getting stuff done, which is great. And um, I, and I was naked on stage. And you were naked on stage. You were ass naked and it was great. Which those UMass kids, I actually, I left during intermission. I waited just long enough 
to see if they if any of them had the balls to go naked and nobody did. Those mother girls. Yeah, it's fucking bullshit. But um damn it. And I thought, well, you know, I I thought we had like a pretty uh supremely positive experience on Abo. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that was that was the first feature I'd ever shot and it was just I mean, every every moment aside from those days where I could not get any of my lines right um cuz I was terrible. <laughs> Well, if you, I mean, you're really thinking specifically of the debate. Yeah, you're right. That the the uh, the you know the debate scene at the very end where it took me, Christ, nineteen twenty two takes to get like three lines done. Well, the irony being that the uh, so we had all the extra. We had like maybe thirty five extras in the crowd, and they. What we did was we took masters of all of them. Then we got coverage of the extras. Then we told them all to go fuck off, and we did close ups. Because <laughs> um, you don't want to have like you don't want to keep extras all day long. No, like you don't want to keep 35, 40 people just sitting around in a room. Yeah. So you kind of you chop all that up and then you let them go. So when we did all the masters, which was literally performing the scene, which was maybe a six, seven minute scene, um, performing it like a stage play, um, you got that like every single time, like all the way through. It was only when everybody left. There was no pressure whatsoever. Like we were able to be completely relaxed that. Couldn't remember one word. Could not remember what the fuck was supposed to come out of my mouth. (laughs) Suddenly like this, like this gas container in your head of THC, like started leaking. (laughs) Yeah, I lied. I told you I was going out for a cigarette break and I just, I actually just went out and smoked like a six joints. (laughs) Bathed in a Lazarus pit of THC. (laughs) 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 Sorry, you just made a Lazarus pit joke. (laughs) Like you, you, Uh, you come back rejuvenated, but you're a little fucked up. It's, yeah. pe- it's kind of pet no, cemetery. Um, and I just honestly, I could not understand what the fuck it was. Like, I'll remember, I'll be honest, that was the one scene that I hadn't learned back and forth, like the back of my hand. Because um, I remember, I remember like the n- two or three nights before I, I like sat down to memorize all of the dialogue for it. And I got distracted by something. I think it, I forget what the hell it was. It might have been a chick. It might have been mm-hmm. a bottle of whiskey. I forget which. Um, they're, they're very similar in my life. Yes, yes. Um, but I just I, I learned them like as best that I could. There was a couple that I wasn't positive on, but like, you know, the entire ride over there in the morning in the car, I was just like going and going and going and doing that thing like in the back. You're like, I forget who was driving. I want to say, were you Keith? driving or was it Keith? I think it was Keith. I think Keith was driving and like he's driving. He, he keeps looking into the back seat because from the back seat, all he can hear is like, OK, and so. Now it's uh, the human beings and just like mumbling my lines over and over and over again, like the same, like three sentence structure and then like incorporating into the bigger speech to try and learn it. You're and like, I think you're like, happened, you're like penitent man will pass penitent. penitent. Yeah, exactly. I'm Sean Connery at the end of the last crusade. <laughs> the penitent man, penitent junior. In the Latin alphabet, Jehovah starts with an I. <laughs> yep. That's what you were doing. So, yep. um, but anyways, I think what it was, was just that huge, like release of energy and endorphins. Like once you called cut on the last shot for the extras, it was like, Oh, thank God I did it. Yeah. I didn't yeah. ruin 50 people's day. Yeah. 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 Isn't, and, that, and, isn't that interesting that that's like, that's the human reaction to the whole thing is like, now that I'm relieved, I'm useless. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's like, you know. You, you, you know, you're, you know, going at it with some chick and like you finish and then you're just like, oh, I'm going to fall asleep. Now. Right, right. We're like, That's- no, we got to fuck at least two more people. Um, 
<laughs> but that's oh, the thing I that can't. I can't do it. That's the thing that 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 uh, that I've always had a, a tough time with, and and I'm reminded on every single film, which is like the uh, as kind of lame as it sounds, like the process of acting is a little bit. It, it makes a human kind of volatile, and you got to be a little bit sensitive to that. While you don't have to treat them like a prima donna, you do have to kind of give them just a little bit of space. I remember, um, I. I'm not sure if you ever took a directing class uh, in undergrad, but um, um, yeah, I think well, directing film or directing stage, uh, stage, uh, with Joe Antone, uh, yeah, probably that was the, I think that was the one that Jake and Willie took. Yeah, it's I think it was directing theater for or directing theater for non majors. Yeah, uh, that, that was probably it. So uh, yeah, Jake, I actually I took that class and then I TA'd it again the next semester. No, oh, there you go. Yeah, uh, so I know that class like a motherfucker. <laughs> well, J- well, if you remember, you have to do kind of a big scene. At the end of the semester with, you know, yeah. you got to go out into the world, get some actors and make it happen. Yeah. Um, so Jake and Willie each had to do a scene. Jake got myself, Kurt and Sarah Baldwin, um, who who is now married to uh, 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 Adam Green. What is his name? The guy that made the girl next door. Yeah, that guy. Um, yeah, that guy. That's all I know him as. <laughs> she- that asshole that's. That asshole that gets to fuck Sarah Baldwin. Exactly. Um, hopefully the penis that gets to fuck Sarah. If, if his asshole does it. Um, <laughs> There's something very wrong with that relationship. This is the kind of work he had to get done. Well, I mean, but you never know what people are into. Maybe they use one of those double-ended dildos. Crazy. Maybe that's how they do their thing. Those crazy Hollywood types. Um, right here on Discount Film School. Yes. We'll be right back with more of that. Um, <laughs> now, uh, so so I remember um, it was a stupid scene. I don't even remember who wrote it, but it was, uh, you know, they, they they give you like scripts at the beginning of the class. And um, but now, now were these the ones that you had to like put up in um, like one of the theater spaces that you'd like get some actors and rehearse outside of class and like the last couple of times you'd like meet in a space and do it there or uh, it sounds like I mean, yeah, I guess that's kind of how it went, although they didn't put it up in any theater space. They just tap the nearest friends that were available and they knew couldn't say no. Um, Interesting. So, so we ended up, it was a scene where I played Sarah Baldwin's date and Kurt was my id. So he was the eating fucking version of me. And gotcha. I, and I was trying to convince Sarah that it was all cool and she should kind of go with it. And, um, and by, by convince her that it is all cool. Do you mean rape? <laughs> yeah, so I actually did. I got to kiss me, Frankie fucking Frayne, fuzzy Frankie Frayne. I got to I got to kiss Sarah Baldwin in the scene. It was quite nice. Um, now, how how was that? It was kind of like kissing a girl, <laughs> 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 which I do quite often. So um, I don't know what that's like. Oh yeah, that's right. You're happily married. I'm married. Yes. <laughs> so she, uh, the, the point of this whole story is, I remember um, we were dicking around. We were just like w- like. Our performance of it, the final performance where where Jake gets graded, uh, was about you know, we had to kill about twenty minutes. We were waiting, you know, we were all waiting for the other classmates to finish up. Yeah. And Sarah was sitting in a daze outside of the classroom, staring off into space, uh, mumbling something like a special needs kid. And uh <laughs> And I started, I was like, I felt like, uh, like I should make conversation with her. Like I should be nice to her. So I started like getting chatty and she, for the first, and she was always really, really nice to me for the first time. And the only time ever she's, she basically told me, she's like, would you shut the fuck up? <laughs> she, she got, she was really like, I need to like focus right now, Frankie. And I was yeah. like, I was like looking through the pages and I was like, focus on what? <laughs> this is the dumbest thing. I, I could do this in my sleep. 
But she was, <laughs> but she was serious about it. She was like, well, I, that's the thing. Like, it's different. It's different for every actor or actress. You know, like when I, if if I know a script well enough, like in, in a situation like that where I have to be off book like weeks beforehand and like know all my shit, then it's not going to be an issue. Like I could just fucking have a wank backstage and then go on and be like, nobody knows. I just fucking masturbated. Yeah, right. Which which is almost kind of a, a rewarding thing. I've always wanted to be the like the least likely guy to complete his film. Uh, yeah. But then end up being the guy who completes the film. Now, just, just so that I can immortalize it, I do remember feeling an obligation when I asked you to be in Abo to prove that I have made movies and that it's likely that I'll complete the next one. <laughs> so I, I asked you to come over. I was like, I'll show you 10 pounds, kind of prove it. And, uh, uh, you did not go for it. I remember about halfway through it, you you, you kind of like patted my knee. I was like, well, I got to do, go do something else besides watch yeah. this. And you I was were, got to go to work. I was, I was like, God damn it. I suck. <laughs> but that's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Honestly, it was not the film itself that yes, did it, it for me. Yes, it was. <laughs> All right, all right, no bullshit. Um, I was not a big fan of Ten Pounds. I thought okay. it was it was excellent that you you know get out there and you made a feature and that's fucking amazing. Yeah, but I really just what's the name of the dude that plays the lead guy? Oh, Alan. I can't stand looking at him. Nice. Oh, I'm, I mean, uh, that's, that's I like him. Like he and I, he and I have met a couple of times on both movies that we've done together so far, and yeah. like he's a really nice guy. But I just can't look at him for an hour and a half. You know, and and it's just so funny you say that because it's like. He's right there, isn't he? He's in the room next to you. <laughs> ah, no, he um, he was just he was such a fucking nightmare to get to finish that movie. He was my I, I, I'm in a way grateful for him because he showed me like how to completely shed my integrity, shed all bits of dignity to get <laughs> something done. I, Please do this. Yeah, I mean, I really was like once we had enough footage, it was like suck his cock or don't complete the movie. And so um, did you get down on both knees and pucker up? I, it was, you know, like without going into details sexually, it was, you know, we went all the way. No, um, it was pretty, it was messed up. It really was. Uh, it, it, it was, um, it was a Klaus Kinski type of thing. It was, it was, I don't, I don't get that reference. Oh, really? I didn't go to film school. It was, there's a, uh, so Werner Herzog, right? You probably have heard of the film. Yeah, I know Werner Herzog. He, um, yeah, I should pronounce that W with a V or else I'm fuck. I have no, Werner Herzog. <laughs> um, he, uh, he, one of his, the actors, you know, his, almost his John Ryan, if you will, was an actor by the name of Klaus Kinski. And, um, he made a documentary kind of compiling all of this nightmarish onset fights, almost brutal type, oh, type shit with, uh, Klaus Kinski, who, who is one of the most talented, like actors of all time and whatnot. But it was just, it, it the documentary is called my best fiend and it's a, it's definitely a, a watch, but, um, is it on Netflix? Probably, yeah, I would hope so. If not, if it is not, I will not be watching it. Yeah, right. That's <laughs> <laughs> that's, what, a... that's what technology has done to our generation. Is, is it on Netflix? Is it on Hulu? No, fuck it. <laughs> um, I would never have watched it had it not been for uh, for dorky Jake Emanuel and and those guys. They were the ones who were like, "You need to watch this fucking documentary." Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so anyway, yeah, I just I I remember that was really funny, and I I remember that almost feel like feeling like, fuck like my credibility is shot. And no, but that's see, that's the thing though. Like when I when I see you know that project that you know yeah I was not a huge fan of the movie itself, 
But knowing you as, as much as I did up to that point, like through Cannibal and seeing how you worked with an ensemble and on stage and on top of that, seeing that, yeah, you got your shit together and you made a fucking movie. Yeah. Like it might not have been the best thing I ever seen, but you did it. You're yeah, a man right, that yeah. says, I've done this before. I can do it again. And I believed you. Well, you, I mean, you can sing too, and you know music a little bit. So uh, that, and that movie was, was a re- trying really hard to be a musical. I'm sure that, that, and not going great. No, <laughs> I no. think that, I think, honestly, I think I probably would have liked it more if it was just like a wacky comedy about fat people. Just jack offs. Yeah. But yeah. Well, when we went to Trauma Dance with it, they were like, this is the music and this is better than Poltergeist. And they probably weren't wrong. No, they weren't wrong. Poltergeist music is terrible. <laughs> we're going to stop it right there. Uh, what a good guy, right? John Ryan. Uh, on the next part, lots more Abo and Sexually Frank talk. We're going to talk about uh, what John Ryan's been up to since then, uh, do a little bit more reminiscing, and a lot more talking about the next project. So uh, listen next week, and uh, thanks for listening.